0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is...
1: Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason.
0: And it is a lovely week so far for us here. Ohio is getting all the four seasons this year, and so...
1: Well, all in like the span of a week, too.
0: (laughs) Right. It wasn't too warm, but... And there's a line in Anne of Green Gables that says, I'm so happy I live in a world where there are Octobers. And I agree. When we got the windows open, so if you hear some street noise, that's what's going on.
1: Or stupid dogs. I mean, if you love dogs or dogs, but stupid dogs.
0: Yeah. Dags, like dags.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, dogs. Yeah, I like dogs. Um, we just don't, own, we don't have one. We're just, we're not dog people. We happen to like other people's dogs. We just don't want them for ourselves.
1: And we have kids. They're kind of like dogs.
0: <laughs> you cannot say that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's We just got started. People automatically are like, oh, my gosh. He hates dogs. Now he's, he hates children. They're, they're done.
1: <laughs> and they know what they're getting into if they've heard this before. If they're jumping in on this episode.
0: It's a bad then, one. It's not good. Yeah.
1: They're going to be in for a surprise.
0: Just subtitle it Don't Start Here and <laughs> maybe that'll help. Oh, man. Yeah,
1: Not a good jumping off point, episode two thirty five or whatever this is.
0: Right. I to be fair, I don't I don't know how many new listeners we get. I don't know anymore. I mean we're yeah, just pretty okay. So I just every week I'm like, people listen to us?
1: I think it's out of sheer boredom. They're like, I listen to all these other good ones. Let's see what else I can find.
0: Yeah, this one's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It'll hey, do
1: they listen to Melanie's. They've listened to uh, <laughs> um, all the other ones. I'm not going to give them shout-outs because they're big, but I'll give Melanie's a shout-out. Uh, and then, like, oh, board game mechanics. We'll listen to them.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't know the names of any podcasts because I, I listen to, like, two. And one of them is, like, about murder. <laughs> and the other one's about the Bible. So not. Re- I don't listen to any. It's terrible. I probably should listen to board game podcasts, but I don't.
1: Yeah, I listen to Rado sometimes. And I used to listen to this game is broken, but one of those guys is a jerk, so I stopped listening to it. Mm.
0: You yeah. try
1: to get in some Twitter beef with me?
0: Oh, no. Anything yeah. but that.
1: I, I'm not having the social media beef. We don't do that here.
0: Yeah. Jason acts real tough on the internet, too.
1: Yeah, just
0: but i People's I'm, comments.
1: I'm also trying to avoid getting into situations right. like that, too. So if I'm not starting it and it doesn't warrant a, conver- like a beef, we don't need to be doing this. That's true.
0: It's true. Okay, I got nothing. But we have um, some interesting stuff to talk about. I'm kind of excited about the stuff on the podcast today. It's not, I guess it's not wildly different from what we normally talk about, but I just want to talk about it. So let's get started with crowdfunding. And surprise, surprise, Jason has some crowdfunding to discuss.
1: Yeah, what did I, I'm not just dead weight in this. Sometimes I do some stuff. Hey. All right, so the first thing I wanted to talk about, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it because I'm sure if you've been on any of the social media, board game related at all this past week, you've seen the announcements. And there's a new expansion for Wingspan, and this one's called Asia. So it has more birds. I know that, so Asian birds. But unlike some of the other ones, this one is actually able to be played as a standalone solo or two-player game. So if you just buy this box, it will come with all the pieces that you need to play. A two-player version of Wingspan. I don't know if it's exactly Wingspan, but it's uh, a different game. I think that can be played using these pieces. There's a duet mode. I know that, and then there's like a flock mode where people can you play on like teams or something. I've just did I did some quick reading, and that's what I saw. But either way, more birds for Wingspan. I'm down. Great game, and you know it already has so many cards. You're never going to see like a third of them. So. You know, might as well get some more in there and have some fun. So Wingspan Asia is the first one.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure you can play Wingspan solo.
1: I think you can too. Yeah, but but this is the first expansion that you've been able to play out of the box without having to have the base game. Oh, correct. So, correct. Yeah. So that's kind of nice that you can at least get it and play it until
0: you get the base game or whatever. Yeah, I was like, you need to clarify that. Um, I'm excited. I love all things Asian. I mean, I'm not big into birds, but hey. I don't know, that
1: peacock on the box is pretty killer, though.
0: That's true. I really really like Wingspan. Did you say something about this making it increase the player count, too?
1: Yeah, it goes to seven players now, which... No. Don't do that. I mean, if you have seven people and you want to play a game and you want to play that game for five hours, sure. (laughs) But, I mean, don't go past five on this. Even four. Four is probably where you need to be. But it is nice if you're into that kind of torture... You can play these games at up to seven now, which is cool.
0: Yeah, it just would take forever. um, Unless everyone's played before and they're like mapping out their turn by the time it comes to their turn. And if you play with all the expansions, the one, especially the one that includes the other player's turns and each round kind of scoring and bonuses, that would help. But Gosh, I mean, seven is just, woof. It takes.
1: I would have to really like a Euro game to play it at seven players.
0: I I just don't think that they work at seven.
1: It, it would need to be a drafting game or like castles mm-hmm. between two castles, something like that yeah, where everybody's yeah. playing at the same time. Because otherwise, whoa, that, that's rough.
0: Yeah, but I'm ex- always excited for new birds on this game. The next game I did see on Kickstarter, but since Jason did a Kickstarter preview, I guess, is that what it's called for this? I thought we'd talk, he could talk about it. And that is draft and write records.
1: All right. So I had to try to cover this because I love games that are about music and bands and all that kind of thing. And this is about building up a band and a sound crew and a stage crew and sending them out on a tour. And the way you're doing this game is it's a roll and write or actually a draft and write. You're going to have a hand of cards. Everyone's going to simultaneously select a card and then they're going to pass their hands to the left or to the Right. And then what you're going to do, based on the card that you take, you're going to be able to r- cross something off on your board. Now, there's different areas. There are cards that are going to give you band members, which will give you a base set of points, and then some kind of icon in the four, in north, south, east, and west directions around the numbers, that they're going to color them in with different colored color pencils. Then as you take other instrumentalists or production crew, if the colors on the, cor- the that are adjacent to each other match, They're going to give you some kind of harmony bonus, which will give you help you move up on the single track, the album track, which is going to score you points. It may give you some kind of thing in an agenda, which will let you you cross stuff off there. You get get some bonuses and some extra points. So that's the first card. The second card is a different type of asset that you can get, which is basically like these little icons that are in your um, iPad looking screen. And if you can cross off two sets of uh, two of those that are next to each other, there's a bonus in the middle, and you get to unlock that bonus. There's some gold cards also that are you'll activate at the end of the round that can fire off of what you've crossed off on that board. And the third type of card, well, there's four, but the fourth one's terrible. The third type of good <laughs> card is an agenda card, which will let you... You're trying to do a connect four type thing up in this little block. If you can get a line, a column, or a diagonal, you will unlock a couple bonuses, possibly some points, and just help you take some other actions on the board and the fourth card is a scandal card or something like that and if you get stuck playing that you have to cross off this section of your board and it's worth negative points and if you get too many of those the game ends uh, if you've run out of goals to complete if you can't write down any more points the game ends or if someone fills up all of their musicians or production crew the game ends and that's it you're going to play until one of those three conditions is met and then add your points and that's that It's really cool. Uh, If you like drafting, you like rolling rights, this does, you know, it's the first one I've ever played that has drafting, which is interesting. And if you like the music theme, you got to check this out. So on Kickstarter now, Katie will give you the details.
0: Yeah. um, There are 11 days left on this Kickstarter at the time of this episode dropping and recording. Well, I guess dropping, not recording. And it's 27 bucks, which I'm interested in kind of understanding, like, there's cards. Are there a lot of other, like, pieces to this game?
1: It's literally just cards, some colored pencils, and a pad of the pages to write on. That's it. No dice, nothing.
0: Oh, yeah. The colored pencils. I thought that was neat. Because I don't know. We did not play this together.
1: No, I did a solo game.
0: Um, but it looks it looked cool on the table. And, like, Jason Holly's colored pencils laying around and was scribbling stuff off. And so it... It definitely has me intrigued, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, the only issue is if you have some color blindness issues when you're coloring the sections in, you might have to use letters or something instead. But, again, you could use a pencil and write R or green or yellow or whatever just to make sure that's not a problem. But that's the only thing I could see being an issue. Everything else has symbols. On the cards, they all have shapes and stuff. But on your page, it's just a color, so could be a little tricky.
0: Right. And we like music games. So if that's something that you're into, also um, be sure to check out Draft and Write Records 11 Days and $27. The next game on my list is so much up my wheelhouse, but I actually don't own kind of the first version of it. And that game is called Eleven Z's The Guilty Party. So now Eleven Z's exists. And I know it's like a two to four player game. And I'm not sure all the differences between 11 and 11z's guilty party. I do know that the guilty party plays one to five. So you've got some different options there with um, player count. However, beyond that, I don't know. So in 11z's, you're going to this tea party and someone kills off the hostess. And you're like, well, we're not gonna let that ruin a perfectly good tea party. So you still have the tea party. And to do that, you're playing cards that are different, like cakes or hors d'oeuvres or whatever that you're having. But each um, each card allows you to do something. So you can look at some people's cards and their hand. You can cast suspicion, put suspicion cubes by them. Because you're trying to figure out who the guilty party is. There's these suspicion cards that I believe I don't know if they move around. You can you're trying to kind of put them down somehow in your um, like tableau. But certain cards of certain types have to go certain places. So like if you're trying you you like are trying to bury your suspicion cards so you don't have to pick them up or keep them in your hand because people have opportunities to look at your hand and then they'll know it's you. But you also have cards to help remove suspicion because whoever is the most suspicious at the end when the constable shows up, well, they get arrested and you don't want that to be you, even if it really is you. Uh, it looks like a like a fun little quick game. I, I like the theme. Um, the guilty party can even be the person, the hostess as well. So maybe she killed herself. There's uh, these The guests are very interesting, like Miss Carrington and Mr. Atkins, and they all kind of have their own little um, unique player abilities too, which I think is cool. Uh, I I just like the look of it. I like the art of it. I like deduction. I like card play. Um, So this looks really fun. So check out 11Z's The Guilty Party. There are 11 days left in that Kickstarter. And if you just uh, want the new The Guilty Party one, it's only um, fourteen dollars, which I think is cool.
1: Yeah, it's a good deal. I don't, I don't know much about this. I remember seeing the box for the other one, and it looked cute.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's
1: all I really know about it. But it sounds, sounds interesting. Um, I'm not sure if it's a party game or not, but it sounds cool.
0: No, I think you only. There's only like five players, so it's not like overwhelming. Like you can't play with a ton of people.
1: I like it. I approve.
0: Cool. Back it for me.
1: I may, because I still have to think I need to back that draft and write one, too. So we'll see.
0: Hmm. All right. Another game that I'm really into because I like the theme is our next game. However, I don't want you to be confused because I did cover another game that was about comic books, but it was not the same one. And this game is called Age of Comics, The Golden Years. So previously, I covered a different Kickstarter. Oh, my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. We just talked about it
1: the comic bubble
0: the comic bubble which is more uh, was more of an economic game about curating and selling your comic collection age of comics the golden years is uh like a they say it's medium light but it's a worker placement game and you're managing an actual like a comic book publishing company and it's in new york city kind of during the golden age of comics so like late 30s through like mid 50s um, which I really like that management idea, and I like worker placement games, and I like the idea of doing it to comic books. The stuff looks cool, the art is cool. So, it's in New York City, um, and as this director, you have got a team of editors. So, those are your workers, and you're, the, they are going to hire maybe artists and writers, they're going to develop new ideas. Your comic ghosts are going to get published. So you're going to collect royalties. You're going to send out sales agents to try and get sales orders and sales orders help you get fans. And all those things are leading to points. Um, you can also choose like what genre of comics that you want to publish. And then like that gives you like mastery tokens that gives you extra fans because they like that you're in that genre. But, you know, if you're really going to specify one genre that might slow down some sales um, you've got to get new ideas. So you, ca- if you create a new idea, that's actually going to give you more points, or you can get like just a cheap knockoff of somebody else, which is going to put you out comic books, but you're not going to get as so many fans for that. It's going to be pretty short term. Um, so there's just a lot of really cool decisions to be made. What you're going to do with your comic book empire, like, are you going to hire people to work on the creative team? Are you, you know, where, where are you going to go with this? At all the all the artwork has that really great like old school comic book look to it, which I love. That um, there's a lot of different tracks and stuff on the board, which you know I'm a sucker for that. It looks really really good. Um, so this is this also includes a solo mode that Nestore Mangioni.
1: Ooh, an Italian. That sounds like That's, an Italian.
0: Yes, from Newton, Audubon. Yeah, Darden's there we go. Journey, um, where you can play against a solo opponent. So it's designed to help kind of perfect your gameplay, and you choose levels of difficulty with that. Um, so if you like to try a solo mode first and then uh, teach somebody else that way, like this looks like a good way to do it. I just, I like worker placement. I think this is really cool. Uh, Theme-wise, I love the artwork. Um, yeah. If you do too, if you like any of those things, work placement, that kind of stuff, check out Age of Comics Golden Age. 11 days left in the Kickstarter and it's $45.
1: I mean, it sounds amazing, but it could have been hot garbage and you say the Italian name, I'm down.
0: Well, I think the Italian name only did the solo.
1: It doesn't matter. If they're going to put their name on it, I support it. If they support it, I support it. That's kind of how I look at it.
0: But it, it, it is designed by an Italian, Giacomo Semini.
1: Well, there we go.
0: But it's not one of the Italians.
1: That's true. I'll allow it. Maybe Maybe they're new. Maybe they're new to the group. So we'll see. Yeah.
0: So check it out. And that is all we have for news and crowdfunding.
1: All right, so we're going to talk about some games that we played. Now, we were able to go away last weekend. Well, if you're listening to this when it drops, the prior weekend. And uh, we played some games at a friend's house. We stayed overnight, so we had two days of gaming. So we played some games together, some games not together. So we're going to do a couple games we played together, a couple games we played individually of each other, and just had some fun talking about games. So the first game... <laughs> is one that we did play together. And it is an Uwe Rosenberg game, or Uwe, however you want to say it. He's German, so I'm going to say Uwe. And it is called Hallertau. And this is, I'm not sure if this is his newest game, but it's one of his newer games. And it has a farming theme, so, I mean, no surprise there. And what you're doing in this game is it's a worker placement game where everybody has a different number of cubes based on some stuff that you get at the beginning of the round. You're using these cubes to go out to this board that everyone shares, and you're selecting actions using the cube. The first person to go there can spend one cube. Someone else can spend two cubes, and there's the third person has to spend three cubes, and that spot is full and it can't be used anymore for the round until it gets cleared off. The reason you want to do that is you're trying to get resources to help you um, move up these tracks. You, the more resources you get, the more options you have. You're trying to get these different cards that are going to be in-game goals and points or maybe some special abilities during the game. But ultimately what you're trying to do is you're trying to spend those resources to move this like building that you have along this track. And that's going to do a couple things. The farther you can get your building along this track, the more workers you're going to have each round. And if you can get it far enough down the track, it's going to be worth a pile of points at the end of the game. So you're spending these resources based on these five or six buildings that you have to also move to, to move along the track. And then you're also spending tools because there's going to be boulders in the way. You got to get boulders out of the way so you can continue to move your building and all oh, their sheep. You know, you got to have sheep. They make milk. The sheep could die. Um, it's, it feels like an Uwe game, but it's really fun. I had a great time playing it. I did awful, no surprise, but definitely up there with some of his other, other games and one that I'm definitely going to be trying to hunt down. And that is Hallertown.
0: Yeah, I liked this game a lot because I I really like Agricola. I like farming games. Um, And the interesting thing, some of the interesting things about this is as you get workers and you can fill up these spots, you don't block yourself out. If you go to a spot once, I can go there again as long as I have enough workers to increase the number. And then at the end of the round, not all the workers are cleared off. Only like the most recent, like the highest amount so the price of what it costs to do different actions fluctuates. Um, I believe you're trying to move your brew house.
1: Yeah, it's like a, shoot, what is it? it's like a council house or it's, it's not, the brew house is one of the buildings you can oh, move, but it? there's a whole bunch of little buildings. Yeah, there's a brew house, a bake house,
0: Yeah, the, your, the six
1: little buildings, but your main building is like a council center or something, community center. City or
0: center or something. Center. Uh, yeah. yeah i don't know but because it's the setting is like in a town a place that's known for its brewing and so you're trying to like you're harvesting crops that are used in brewing like wheat and barley and those kind of things although your sheep are just there i guess um yeah
1: yeah the sheep are weird i, I felt tacked on but it's fine
0: it's fine they're cute Uh, But it is kind of this idea where like, okay, how can I use my workers most effectively? Like, it requires different amounts of things to move um, all these little buildings, which is going to allow me to move my big building. So what do I need to gather? Like how and like, as the rounds go, it costs more and more to move all your little buildings. And so it's like, well, do I really want to capitalize and um, move this one building as far as I can on this turn while I have a bunch of the resources to do that? Or am I going to try to like keep everything about even so I can just keep inching my like council building, community center building forward? Um, yeah, just a lot of really cool decisions. But yeah, I, I mean, a really simple just worker placement kind of game and like uh, resource management. But... Yeah, just done in a really, what I think is fu- kind of a fun uve style. So, yeah, I really, I liked it. I would like a it.
1: I'm working on it. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> you hear me out there? Person who knows who I'm talking about. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, that's the one game we played together. Now, uh, Katie's going to talk about a game she played. Then I'll talk about a game I played. And then we'll talk about when we played together. So, have at it.
0: Okay, a game I played that might be surprising, and I wasn't sure what it was going to be like, and that's Wonderland's War. Um, I love me some James Hudson. I think he's absolutely just adorable in general. Um, but even his the very first game that really came out from them, the F- Grimm's Fairy Tales. I I kind of was not. I thought it was going to be different than it was. And I feel like Wonderland's War, for me, suffered for that, where everyone's like, oh, it's so great. And I'm like, but there's fighting. It's war. I keep seeing all these pictures of big miniatures and there's battles. No, thank you. So I was given a choice between Wonderland's War or some space game. And I was like, well, I mean, I'll choose anything over space. So we went to pl- I went to play this with some, um, some of the guys from the board game Rundown and a new friend, named Chris. I don't know if he's ever going to listen to this podcast, but if you are, hi, Chris. Um, And in Wonderland's War, you are a character from Wonderland. I happen to be Alice. Each character has like a basic player power, and then they also have these additional player powers that you can unlock as the game goes. So what you're actually doing is at the there's kind of two phases of the game. The first one is a phase where you're building your bag, and you do that by going to a tea party. So at the tea party, you're going to collect different kinds of chips that you can draw out of your bag, almost um, very reminiscent of quack style. And there are chips, they have different powers that are going to allow you maybe to maximize other chips because ultimately those chips are going to give you battle strength, which is what you'll need in the second phase. And the second phase is where you fight these little skirmishes for different places in Wonderland. So during the Tea Party phase, you are building your bag. You are giving strength to your leader. Like mine was Alice. You can collect other Wonderlandians who can fight with you. So like I had the Tweedles. Tweedle and Tweedle Uh, And each Wonderlandian has... Either like they're going to fight for you or they have they can give you different chips put in your bag that have special powers. Lots of interesting, really customized things here. Um, and then you're going to go fight. And the neat thing about th- like the battles is like, yes, in some ways you do want to win them, but you also get goal cards. And goal cards can say, well, we don't really need to win the fight. We just need to have so many chips pulled on a fight at this place. And so the, it's not like I'm here to conquer territory, really. It's more about how do I use what's in my bag and try to push my luck to reach these goals. I, I really enjoyed this so much. So like I talked it up to Jason, he's like, this isn't what I thought it was. Um, and we have a copy on the way. It should get here tomorrow. So we'll probably talk about it on the next podcast where you can get Jason's opinion as well.
1: Yeah, I actually came over at the end and saw how the battles work. And I was like, wait a minute. They sold this game that it was a lot of fighting. And this is just five little mini games of quacks. Yeah. So after I saw that, I knew that this is what I needed to try.
0: Yeah. And I played with like a big, the big honkin' deluxified edition. So it had all the. fat miniatures, which I don't necessarily care about, and actually, you know, upon doing more research, a lot of people prefer the standees because the color and the artwork really come out, and you don't get to see that unless you paint the miniatures, and I sure as heck am not going to do that. Um, But they they are really cool. But what's really cool, um, the the chips, the tokens are nice, because it does have that same quacks problem that you want, like, the thicker chips to draw out of a bag. Um, So... I am really excited to play this again um, because I think Jason will really like it. So, yeah, that was Wonderland's War.
1: All right. So going from a big, sprawling table hog of a game that Katie played.
0: It was ridiculous.
1: I played a game called, I'm not kidding, The Game. And this is effectively a little tiny card game. We had a little mat, so it took up some of the table, but it's basically just a deck of cards. And they told me we played the cooperative version. I don't know anything about this game. I never looked it up. I think there's cooperative, there's two players, there's like a competitive. There's a whole bunch of different versions, but we played the cooperative one. And effectively what you're doing in this game is everyone gets a hand of, I think, six cards. And when it comes to you, you have an, you have to play two cards for a while until the deck runs out, and then you have to play one card. And the way you're playing a card is there are two stacks of cards that are counting down from 100 and there are two stacks of discards that are counting up from one. So the cards range from 2 to 99. 1 and 100 are on the board. So when it comes to you, you're trying to play a card from your hand to one of these piles to try to keep the distance of what you're, that's already there from what you're playing small. Because the way you win is by playing all the cards out onto the table. The way you lose is if it comes to somebody and you can't play a card. So if it comes to me and I'm first and there's no cards and I have 99, I'm going to play 99 on that hundred space because that's the best card to play there. But because I have to play two, I may have to go from 99 down to 90 because those are my best two cards to play. And I blocked out 91 through 98. So then it comes, goes back around and you draw back up to six. It keeps going. Everybody keeps going. You can kind of talk a little bit. Like I really have a good card to go on this pile, but you can't say what you have, how you have it, like what the numbers are. And you're just trying to kind of work together to do the best you can playing cards out into these piles. That's the entire game. Um, it was fine. I mean, I don't love cooperative games, um, but the mechanism of this game was fun, trying to figure out the puzzle of how to get these cards down there, how to communicate without communicating, uh, when's the best time to play two cards of the same pile, do you want to spread it around? It was a fun little game. I enjoyed it, but probably not one that I need to keep coming back to. So that was the game.
0: That actually sounds kind of fun, but you railed on it. You're like, oh, it's not, it not good when we were there.
1: The gameplay was fun. I just, it's, I, I didn't really want to play it. I think that was part of it. Mm. Um, but that's the only game that was available to play because everything else was started by the time I got done with the other one. So I think that's part of it. The game is fine. Our group would probably really like it. Like I think Brandon and Josie would really like it. But it's just, I don't know. It, it's not what I wanted to play. So that kind of made me. Hated it a little bit, but I did enjoy it. It was fun, so I'm glad I played it, and that's the game.
0: That you weren't grouchy old man.
1: I am a grouchy old man. We all know that.
0: Mm, yep.
1: All right, so now that we've gotten two games we played separately out of the way, let's talk about the last game and the other one that we played together. And this game is called Lizard Wizard. Dumb name. I don't know why
0: it's named like that. It is dumb.
1: But this is from Forbidden Games. I think designer's Glenn Drover, and this is effectively kind of... The sequel or 2.0 version of a game called Raccoon Tycoon. And what you're doing in this game is you are you, you it's basically when it comes to you, you're gonna take one of the one of these six actions. And the actions are buy a tower for some kind of resources or gold, auction off a wizard to live in that tower, and if their icons match, they're worth extra points, buy a spell, um, buy a familiar, and take one of the four actions which give you points, could give you resources, which I'll get to in a second. Or the best action, go into the dungeon and do a little pressure luck game to try to earn some treasure. Or you can play a card from your hand to gather resources or what they're called reagents. I don't know why they're called that. Neither. Um, And basically they're like mandrake and stuff you would use to do spells and potions and all that stuff. So you're going to use a card to get some of those. And then at the bottom of the card, it's going to adjust all these tracks up in value. Cause it's kind of like a stock market speculation thing. Cause so cause as another action, you can sell your reagents back to get money, which is called mana, which is how you're going to be doing all those other actions that I just talked about. And all you're trying to do throughout this game is you're trying to get the best card. You can get together, get sets of cards, get spells, get in game goals to just try to score the most points, most money or not most money, most points and most gold. So you can win the game. When we played, we all came down to like two points apart it was great. I don't remember who won. I think you might have won.
0: No, it wasn't me. Oh, uh, Chris? Yes, Chris.
1: Oh, yeah. So we were it was like an eight eight point spread from first to last, which was really cool. Um, it was really fun. It wasn't that difficult. Uh it was just do one of these six things and once you know what the actions are, pretty easy. You're just trying to take your own path to score the most points that you can. I like the art. I thought the production was good. It was a good game for me. So what did you think about Lizard Wizard?
0: Yeah, I really liked it. Which I thought was interesting because the whole time we were playing it, like, I just kept getting boned on all my choices. Um, Because, yeah, you're trying, from the beginning, you're like, okay, here are all the different ways I can make points. Um, So one of the ways is I need to match wizards to towers. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll get wizards. So I'm like trying to get wizards. And then I could never buy any of the towers that I needed for the wizards I had. And I was like, well, crap. So then I was like, well, maybe I'll... I got to try and get some more stuff here. Maybe I'll cast some spells. So then I'm like trying to get all these like reagents. And then I always get the wrong reagents for the spells that come out. I was just like, what the heck? But I, in the end, that is really what I think was the best part of the game is that we all kind of did things differently. Like, it's obvious. Jason was going to do the push your luck part, go into the dungeon, and then in the dungeon you can get gold, which is points, straight points, or um and and or you can also get um treasure. And if you have the most treasure cards or the second most treasure cards at the end, you get points for that too. So that's like a whole strategy. Absolutely. And there are spells that make that easier. Um you know, you're going to be getting familiars that can help with that. So that is a whole possibility you can do. Um, you can also there's these goals that you're trying to hit and there's there are 10 points per, which that's a lot, actually, for if you look at, you know, how much points you're going to get in overall kind of scoring opportunities. So going after those is something that you can do. Um, I, in the midst of giving up on everything, <laughs> decided I'm going to do end game points and there are some spells that have in game points and I was like this is my wheelhouse Katie I love the end game points so I collected several spells that in game points and like they like branched off each other as well so one was like collect unique wizards I'm like well I can't put them in towers so I'll just get all the different kinds because they'll give me points now like three points a piece that's good then another one's like oh all your wizard cards are two points a piece so I'm like cool let's do that too um, you know, and then I'm like, well, I kind of leaned into this necromancy thing, which there's like seven different t- like branches of kind of magic that happen again, not really that important except for the matching of them. And so I'm like, well, I got kind of a lot of those. So let's just lean into that. So I got a spell card that worked with those. So you can go a bunch of different ways, like to try and make the points happen, which I think is, is a sign of a good game. I don't have to play it like you, which I was trying to play it like other people. Oh, We have a package. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard the door knock. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, we'll check it later.
0: Sorry. It's a pretty regular occurrence around here. Um, but I think that's a sign of a good game because like, I was getting frustrated because I was trying to play the game like everybody else. I'm like, well, I want to go to the dungeon because I don't have any gold. But I was getting points other ways that didn't require me to have gold in the game itself. And again, like I was two points off the leader. Like that's I feel like that's pretty dang good. So I, I think it's really fun. Again, the theme is kind of dumb. I mean, it's called Lizard Wizard because you have wizards that are lizards. But I, Why?
1: I mean, Raccoon Tycoon's theme is dumb, too. It's like raccoons and foxes and stuff. Who knows?
0: It's like r- raccoons who invest, so the raccoon continues. Yeah. I, I yeah. get it. It's fine. But um, I really think the gameplay is really good. I almost don't want to play Raccoon Tycoon since it's streamlined, and I like all the different components and the way that they kind of work because I don't love economic games, and I feel like – that was just kind of a side effect like oh sometimes you'll need to look at the board and work it in order to have enough money to like purchase the wizards or the spells or whatever that you want it was just like a necessary evil like i feel like money is in real life so um
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i i i really enjoyed it like more than i thought i would
1: yeah i i've only played a couple of this company's games and i like i liked one i didn't like the other so i was kind of like you know i'd give this one a try cuz you know, I didn't know much about it. It's good. I definitely, I'm with you. I think I'd rather play this than Raccoon Tycoon just because there's more stuff going on here. And this has the push your luck thing, which, you know, automatically makes it something that I'm going to be more into. So yeah, I dig it. All right. So those are four games that we played. Let's keep going.
0: All right. And we are back with another What's on the Shelf episode. And this shelf is The shelf itself is kind of small, but we have some kind of bigger size games that are sitting on the shelf, so we don't have as much to cover in this episode. I'm so sorry, but we have some games that I think are really good, and actually um, some games that have been in our collection for a long time. So Jason, why don't you start off by telling us the first thing that's on the shelf?
1: All right, so the first game on the shelf, we're going from right to left on the shelf, And the first game is, I don't know, this may seriously be like in the top 10, the first 10 games that we ever bought when we got into board gaming. Yeah. And that game is Sheriff of Nottingham. And this is, it's a party-esque game, but it only plays up to like five players. So, you know, it's not really great for a party game because it doesn't have enough players. But what you're doing in this game is someone's taking on the role of the sheriff and all the other players who are not the sheriff that round are going to be trying to Put different cards in their bag which are gonna represent different goods. And there are legal goods and illegal goods. And then you're you're allowed to put, I think, up to five cards in your bag. We haven't played for a really long time, so I'm going from memory. And then everyone's gonna pass their card, their bag to the sheriff. Now, when the sheriff gets the bag, they have an option. They can open the bag and see if the people are trying to smuggle in illegal goods. If there's illegal goods, they get confiscated and the people have to pay a fine. If there's no illegal goods, then the sheriff has to pay the people a penalty for nosing in their business. But before all that happens, people are allowed to trade or bribe and make deals and all that kind of thing by spending some of their money with people to try to keep them from opening the bag. Maybe I have five illegal goods in my bag, and I'm gonna, it's going to be worth 20 points. But if you open it, I'm going to lose a whole lot of points. So I might, may give you some money to just say, hey, come on, you let it slide th- this time. I'll let it slide on my turn, that kind of thing. So it's a no- negotiation, wheeling, dealing game. And you're just trying to collect different sets of cards. That's the gist of it. But the gameplay itself is how the players interact. So it's a fun game. I think I've just, I played, we played it a lot when we got it. And I, every time I look at it, I'm like, ah, this is a fun game, but I just never really want to play it. And yeah, so, but it's still on the shelf and we, we play it occasionally. And that is Sheriff of Nottingham.
0: Yeah, I like this. And I think that we need to bust this out for some people that we have started playing with that don't play games very much because I think they would enjoy that people like the player interaction Um, I liked playing it because again like you don't you don't have to lie um, to play it like you can be completely truthful and still get points Um, and I think like we've played it some with people and they just will like fly into the radar like I always get my stuff checked because I got to make like a big production because I just can't help myself um, but there, there's like storytelling can be involved. There's a really cool app that plays noises and stuff and moves the game along. Like I, it's, it's good. There's a reason it's essential. Like I absolutely think this is a great starting game that has a different type. It's set collection, but it's got some social deduction kinds of things happening. So I think it's a really great entry level game. Um, The next game on the shelf is a game that has been found in big box stores and I think it probably has disappointed a lot of people who just go in to buy it based on the theme. And that is Villainous. There are several sets of Villainous out now. We only have the first one. And honestly, I like some of the characters in the other ones, but Villainous doesn't make it to the table very often. And part of that is the essentials of its gameplay. Villainous, it's about asymmetric player powers and goals. So in Villainous, I, each person, each character has their own deck of cards. You have cards that you're playing and you also have uh, like a stack of, I don't, they're not villains because you're the villain, but they're these allies, they're, but they're not your allies because it's a different type of card. I don't know what you call, what do you call the other deck?
1: Uh, it's the heroes, the hero deck.
0: Oh, (laughs) of course. The heroes are trying to
1: defeat the villains.
0: Yes. So the heroes are going to come out and muck up your stuff. So you've got these cards that you're playing. Um, you've got these little like power tokens that you're using to, play cards to move things around because each character has its own particular goal that you're trying to get, whether it be certain types of cards or certain types of tokens or two cards together, or there's just a lot, like there's so many variables in this, which I think is really cool. Like, this is the thing about it. It is a gamery game, but it's packaged in this Disney, like warm, fuzzy, thematic kind of package. Which is great because I happen to like Disney and be a gamer. But there are lots of people who like Disney and are like, oh, I want a Disney game. And this game blows their freaking minds. Like it, I think it's difficult because you can't like, yes, you're working on your goals, but you can't let other people fly under the radar making their own goals. So you're also like choosing actions that are pulling stuff out of their hero deck to mess them over while you're still trying to move forward your own goals. So there's a lot of stuff to balance here. That being said, if you like Disney and you are into kind of like strategic games and kind of mean games, then Villainous is definitely for you. Um, Maleficent is in the first box and she is my favorite. I mean, she's my favorite Disney villain villain anyway. There's a couple real close seconds. Yzma and um, Hades are real close seconds, but I love Maleficent. She's a great color scheme and she's just surrounded by fools. Like she's fantastic. One of my favorites. So I love to play her. Her goal is fairly straightforward. You have to get like three curses out. Um, I can almost always win this if I play as her. I know how she works. It's a pretty straightforward goal. And I'm able to do it while jacking around with other people and keeping them forgetting their goals, which tend to be harder. So that is the hard thing is I think sometimes there are some goals for – The villains that are easier than others and that can be unfair especially if you're teaching it to new people so a a couple times i've tried to let other people play her or another one of the more straightforward ones like um prince john he just needs to get a bunch of gold so i I think it's a good game it just doesn't hit the table very often because it honestly plays best with people who have played it before and understand the different the different um characters i think yeah i agree this is a good game
1: It just goes on a little too long for me. Um, And the teach can be a a bit of a beast. Whenever there's games where everybody's doing a different thing, it can get a little bit tricky to teach that stuff. Absolutely. All right, so the next game on the shelf is actually a game we've had for quite a long time, too. And we used to play it a lot, and it's been so long that I cannot remember much about this game, so (laughs) I'll try to explain it. And this game is called The Queen's Necklace, and our version is from Seamon, but it was initially done by Days of Wonder. And the 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 high the, the reader's digest version of this is on your turn you're going to be trying to buy these different types of cards and there are gem cards which are going to have a value associated with them at the beginning of a round you're going to shuffle some tiles and they're going to be worth some stuff and there are character cards that are going to give you special abilities to do things so you're going to be able to buy these cards get these special characters that you can use to help you going forward and then at a certain point I think three times in the deck There's going to be a merchant that pops up and players are going to get to sell the gems that they've bought. Now, the trick to the selling is whoever's the, the gem that's selected the fewest amount of times is going to have an extra value associated with it. The gem that people are wanting to sell the most amount of times is going to have a zero value associated with it. And then everybody will pick a gem, the gems they want to sell. They'll flip it. Whoever has the most of the gems that are being sold gets to sell one for points. No one else gets to sell anything. So it's kind of like a, you're trying to figure out who's selling what, who's collecting what, and you're trying to make sure if you're going to sell this thing, you have a bunch of it, but you don't want to have too much of it because you want it to be worth extra points. And you're just trying to do that over the course of the game to score a pile of points. Terrible overview. Again, it's been years since we played this game, and I was—I looked at a quick some pictures, and then it went from memory. That may not even be what happens, but that's how kind of how I remember it. But anyway... <laughs> fun game I like it and that's the Queen's necklace
0: it, it is a fun game I, it's not very difficult either um, and ours has some like fun little components little like gems and stuff um, but like the the price like what certain gems are worth is like fluctuating by the rarity and that's all like a really kind of cool market well also the cards that allow you to do different things like they also age over time Um... So, like, knowing when to play them and what works well, like, it is, I I think, really unique. But it's just, it has been forever since we played this. We need to get it out and play it again because it, it was a really good game. I thought it was really fun. And it's a Catala and Fiduti, the Brunos. Oh, yeah. B-
1: Bruno squared. Yep. That's how you know it's good.
0: Right, right. Not just one, but two Brunos.
1: <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. Mm,
0: we just did. <laughs> Okay, and the last game on the shelf, I'm so glad I get to talk about this game because I really like this game and it's sad that we don't get as much opportunity to play it because it's a game for a lot of people and that game is Ladies and Gentlemen. Now, apparently, he who must not be named who wears terrible accessories like hats and vests loves this game too, but I love this game more. No, I don't know. I just, (laughs) it is a good game and Ladies and Gentlemen, you are playing in pairs. So you really want like at least six people so you can have three pairs. I feel like that works the best. Um, I think four pairs is fine if you get more than that. Like this game plays up to what? Twelve? Ten. Ten. That's too many. ten. I don't know how you'd fit around the table. Four, not enough. Six to eight is where you want to be. So in ladies and gentlemen, you play in pairs. You have one person that's playing the ladies side and one person playing the gentleman's side. Um, the gentlemen are just there to play the stock market, which just involves slipping over these tiles to try to like meet some goals. I don't understand. I never play the gentleman's side because, frankly, it's beneath me.
1: Yeah. The ladies side is definitely more interesting than the gentleman's side.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the gentlemen are just trying to do these goals to... Um, get money because the on the ladies side of the game, the ladies are going shopping, which yes, gender norms, whatever, reinforced by this. But I feel like you can have a lot of fun with that and play with that and make fun of it. And that's what makes the game great too. So the ladies will go shopping. We have a particular store that's our favorite. You kind of vote on that. And if you're the only person that goes to a particular store, you get an extra discount, which is great because you want to get your stuff bought. So we you take turns drafting and you are trying to put together an ensemble for the ball. And I mean, you want it all. You want the jewelry. You want the gown. Um, you want the head dress. You want like, an, like a parasol, I think. There's a couple different accessories that you can have. You can only have one of each and you can only have like two designers, I believe, at the most. So,
1: yeah, two of the three. Yep. Yep.
0: So you're really trying to like pick and there's like different values. So you're trying to get like the nicest, the best looking outfit, but you also got to get it paid for. So you got to be discount shopping. You got to be going to the place nobody else is. You got to be like watching to see what's out there so that you can try and draft stuff. And then you got to hope that the gentleman on the gentleman's side pays for it because the bill comes due. So you shop for these cards, you draft them, you hand them over to the gentleman, and the gentleman says, "Okay, we'll pay for these. Um, absolutely not on these. Or let's put this on layaway. We <laughs> get a layaway plan." Um. And But you can't communicate outside of that because I absolutely will like pick three or four dresses, duh, because I want to get the best ones and different cards come out at different times and I might get better discounts at different stores. So I rely on the gentleman to be paying attention and to trust me if I'm putting over certain gowns, like, yeah, you got to pay for this, man. Like, this is what we need. Um And so it's a little more strategic on the lady's side. Like, what do you think you can get away with? What is just going in your hand that's like, I don't really need this. Don't buy it. So maybe it's the most ridiculously priced one or whatever. Or it's the cheapest one because you don't want things that are cheap, but you want it to be able to get expensive things for cheap. It's just like the class. I mean, it's how you shop. Like it's life. Um, But it's so fun because you can play into these roles. Um, what, we were playing with a group of friends and they just started talking in accents. I don't know why. Like it was <laughs> yeah. not called for. <laughs> no one else was talking in accents, but they were like committed to the accent because apparently only like British people <laughs> do operate in this way or something. It was hilarious. And like Jason tries to act tough like, he absolutely wouldn't in real life and like tell me, like, you can't get this. What do you think you asking for these high fluting things? I'm not paying for that. And I'm like, okay. It's
1: true, just like real life.
0: No, because he'd never say it in real life because I'd <laughs> knock him out. So he thinks that it's fun to play it in the game. Um, but I I think it's fun. I like that. I've never played the gentleman's side and I probably should, so I can teach it better. Because the ladies' side really is the more strategic fun part. Uh, but it is like a fun, just It's easy because you can also chat and play this game as well. But there's still enough that you're like having to make wise choices and piece stuff together. And like the theme is ridiculous. So that is ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah. And like uh, uh, guys can play on the female side. Females can play on the guys. It doesn't really matter. Mm -mm. Uh, You just need teams of two. So if you have a bunch of dudes playing this game, three of the dudes are going to be the gentlemen. Like are the ladies. It's not that big a deal. Who cares? Yeah. Um, But it's just. It's silly fun. Like, the guys are flipping over tokens in a race to try to get, like, a set collection thing. And, you know, they get to talk down to their women. It's all, it's all good. That, that's why I love You that.
0: don't have to. You could be, like, a decent person. <laughs> not to be no, a jerk you in can't. The
1: game. No, you can't.
0: But Jason never does that. <laughs> we were playing no, with so- a- someone, and they were like, oh, of course, darling. I'll buy anything that you want. And I was like, see? <laughs> <laughs> you can act like that in this game.
1: <laughs> you can, but that takes that all the fun out of it.
0: Jason's like, Devil Woman, you worth the pie. I'm not buying you this necklace.
1: Yeah, it's a really good game. If you can get past the theme, it's just a game. It's just silly. Like, it does, the art is silly and goofy too. So, if you can get past the theme and want to play a kind of a fun party game that actually has some depth to it, I would recommend this one all day. All day.
0: And my thing is, like, there shouldn't be an issue. Everybody shops, everybody does work. Get over yourself. Well, I
1: I don't disagree with you, but there are some issues. So, yeah, maybe if you can hold your nose and play the game, you'll have a good time.
0: Oh my gosh, it, no, it's fine. anybody can play it anytime. Dumb. End of. I don't care what it's called.
1: It needs some big busty uh oh miniatures. I, in I there. said I
0: didn't. I was just thinking I didn't even get my soapbox. <laughs> I had this whole soapbox ready for Kickstarter because I'm looking at Kickstarter today and I'm like. There was this one. It was like, literally, the name of the project was Dragon Slayers, and it was Naked Women Miniatures. If I'm going to slay a dragon, I'm sure as heck putting on at least clothes and definitely some armor. I'm not running out there naked. That is the dumb... I mean, come on. What the... Uh. And guess that's what? A, it was 100% funded. No, because they wouldn't put you on a naked miniature. They don't put any dudes naked miniatures. I just... Uh. That has nothing to do with, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> nothing it's just a continual soapbox for me like if we want to say like oh we want to be an inclusive community then why does dumb beep like that keep keep existing
1: oh you beeped yourself nice i beat
0: myself because i was really close to using profanity because i'm so (laughs) mad about it i am riled up
1: (sighs) But for real, though, I could use some Busty Minis, though. Oh,
0: my gosh, shut up. Why are you like this? Why are you like this? Oh, my gosh. I just need to end the show. I just have to end the show.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm hilarious.
0: Hey, uh, as a side note, we're taking audition tapes for a new co-host. Please send them to katie at bgmechanics.com.
1: And then I'll get the email. I'll delete it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll give you my private email. Just DM me, guys. On our social medias, because we have those. If you want if you, you want to argue with Jason or me about miniatures or gender roles, sure. Go for it. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and even uh, the newfangled uh, Tiki Takis.
1: Yeah, and if you want to argue with me, I'm not going to argue. I'm just going to delete your comment, so... <laughs> that that's kind of how my arguments go
0: but you might feel better getting it out there so hey
1: that's true but no one will know it's out there because i delete Mm. it
0: but you'll know and i guess that's all that matters (laughs) that is true okay we've had enough it's shenanigans we have derailed and i have a class to teach tonight to prepare for it because i've never taught it before and i'm having double the students they told me i would have
1: yeah, I think I have a dresser to put together, which is the package that I think showed up. So.
0: Yeah, there's a dresser set in the front porch that has Jason's name on it. So <laughs> guess he better get to that gentleman role and putting some stuff together.
1: This is 2022. Ladies can put stuff together.
0: Not for that busty miniatures comment. I'm not putting anything together.
1: <laughs> That's true. I
0: deserve that. That's right. Well, I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. if they wanted the spicy stuff they'd wait till the end